He simply stated, I just don't feel a part. Folks, I want you to know something today that every member of this body is important. Every member. But in order to feel a part, there must be, as was in the days of Nehemiah, a participation of all the people. When the wall was in the building and they were in the repair work, many times the Sam Ballots and Tobiah would come by and they would laugh at them and they would jeer them and they would make fun of them. They would make people believe that what they were doing was for naught. Sad to say in a lot of churches today, that's what we see. People that have given up. People that are just completely almost washed out. And it is a sad place and a sad state of affairs when we see churches in such a condition. All across this nation today, there are churches that are meeting with very little spirit, very little life. People today feel as if it was all for naught. Churches shut down. Churches abbreviate sermons and, and, and uh, services. And people feel like, you know, what's the use? And oftentimes, as we come to the house of God, I often say how important it is that everybody knows where your place is in this body. You're important. Jonathan told David when David was going to excuse himself from the king's table one day, he said, surely your, play, your seat will be missed. What is revealed in our attitudes as far as this church is concerned? Emmanuel, to our visiting friends, our radio audience, what does our attitudes, our body language, our demeanor reveal about the way that we feel about the church that we're members of? Do those around us really see in you and your participation a real love for and an admiration for the church. And again, you're going to hear this word participation quite a bit today. Because there's only one way to feel like one is needed, and that's to participate in an activity. Do those around us really see... In our participation, a real desire to enhance this church. Do others look at you with a sense of camaraderie as an equal part and an equal footing in your attitude as it concerns your membership to this body? Just exactly 
What does your participation and your attitude say about the way you feel towards this church? Do you love her enough to sacrifice your devotion? Do you love her enough to sacrifice your love, your attitude, your giving, your time for her success? These are questions that came to my mind over, I think, the last three days. When this one person that came back to me in my mind, in my thought process, said, I just don't feel like I have a part. I just don't feel like I have a part. You know, as I sat and I watched this individual throughout the week, and you know, I, I sat and I, I kind of took stock of what they said and what, what they were doing. They would come in. Most generally, they would come in late. They never would speak to anybody, and they were the first ones to leave, and they never would speak as they went out. And I remember at the end of the week, we had a dinner, and at that dinner, this person came in, they sat down, they sat by themselves, they never spoke to nobody, and they said, I just don't feel apart. In all actuality, where was the fault lying? Because everybody else was uh, enjoying fellowship, and everybody was enjoying an opportunity to serve and to do and to be a part of something. It comes right down to our own individual thought process. What do we think about this church? Now this is one place that I have to say that I thank God for the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. I mean, look, I mean, we have a lot of people out today and our house is still pretty well full. I thank God for people that want to serve, that want to that want to participate in the worship, that want to be in the house of God. I, I thank God for people that, that want to take part. It speaks what you think about this church as a whole. But in order for this church, first of all, to remain a successful church for the Lord, we must participate with our attendance. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, the Bible states that they were all in one accord in one place. Speaking of the fact that when it came time to worship, they were in the house of God. They came into the house of God with a ready mind and a ready attitude for, for, for coming together as a, as a group of individuals to do one thing, and that was to worship the Almighty God. Folks, when you come into the house of God, you ought to be ready to worship. You ought to come into the house of God with an attitude that I'm going to serve Him today and I'm going to worship Him because He says I'm going to be there where you're at. The Bible says they were in one accord. You know what that means? That means they all came together and met at the same time. 
That means that they all came into the house of God in one accord. In other words, they came in as a group of individuals when there was a said time to worship and they came in to worship. You know what that tells me? That you want to be a part of the worship hour. That tells me that you want to be a part of a, of a, of a group of individuals who have come in to do one thing and that was to worship in one accord in one place. You know, there's something about a full house of worshipers that just absolutely gets a pastor in tuned and ready to and fired up and ready to go. There's something about a, a, a house full of people that, that have come in to do one thing and that's to worship. What a special time it is for a house of God to come. The Bible says, and there was, you know, this of course is a time when the Holy Spirit was given and this was when the Holy Spirit came upon the, the church itself. And this is a time when they were empowered. And I want you to think about this. As they all came together in this one place, God's Spirit met with them. And the glory of the Lord filled their hearts and filled the house. Matter of fact, it says it filled the house where they were sitting. This reveals the power in the house full of people who, are, who have a purpose to come in to worship. And Acts chapter 2 and verse 4 reveals that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. In order for a church family to be overwhelmed with the feeling of excitement and glory and worship, we have to be taking part. We have to be participating. We have to be concentrating on what we're here for. You know, oftentimes, especially a pastor, sometimes the Sunday school teacher will see it. There are times when people, as and you're, you're preaching your heart out, you're pouring your heart out, and you see from time to time this, this, just this discombobulated thought process of where am I at? What am I doing? Have you ever been in a church service where the cell phones are outnumbering the Word of God and, and people are on there and they're just, they're doing this and they're bringing up all kinds of different things and they're looking back and talking to each other. Folks, I want you to know something. That is, that's not what you call worship. Worship is when we come in and we sit down with the a, with a attitude knowing that He's watching us. Knowing that he's in this place, you know, and I was, again, I, you know, I've, I've, I've preached in a lot of different places. In one revival meeting in particular I was preaching in, listen, the adults were, were so uh, distracted. They were so uh, 
just uh, uh, out of tune with what was going on around them. And the thing of it was, they were sitting around on their cell phones, and I don't know what they were doing, but they were talking back and forth to each other, you know, and just, and I'm talking about, I'm talking about from the preacher's wife all the way down. I mean, people were, I thought, my goodness. And you wonder why that churches are in the shape they're in today. Folks, don't, we got to be careful. We've got to be careful. This is, this is our worship time. This is our time when we come together. You say you don't, want, you don't feel a part, but maybe it's because you're not taking part in the worship itself. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, the Bible speaks about the fact that the families came together to worship. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 13, the Bible says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, with their wives, and with their children. You know, I was asked one time, don't you think that you need a a uh, kids' church. Don't you think you need a place to stick the kids? I said, I've got a place to stick the kids right beside mom and dad where they teach them how to behave in the house of God. Amen? I want my children out here with us. I want the children out here worshiping with mom and dad. And I want them to see how mom and dad participate in a service and how they take part in a service. I want them to see that. You know why? Because they're going to be the next church. Today's, today's, uh, today's church in this new age in which we now live, it's all, it's all, it's all about entertainment. You know why? Because kids have been stuck off in a, in a side church somewhere to be entertained during the worship hour. And that's what they've brought up knowing and, and, and it's, no, it's, no, uh, it's no fault of the children. It's the fault of the parents who have, who have walked away and left their children left their children over here without them to worship. And people wonder what's going on with the church today. People have come into the sanctuary here and I had a, I had a family to ask me, what, what can you offer my children? What kind of entertainment do you give the children? I say, I give them the Word of God just like, just like we always have. And they can't believe that there is such a, a group of young people in this place without filling them with a world of entertainment. Folks, you bring them, bring them up right, they'll stay right. You teach children how to worship in the house of God with mom and dad. And listen, they'll be the next generation that takes over the church and they'll be, they'll be in good hands. Families that worship together care for the church in ways only the blessings of God can reveal. Do you care enough for the church family to be here for worship and to help her receive the blessings from God? You know, i tell you what. It takes something to help a church to receive blessings from God. Sometimes God just overwhelms a church with so many blessings, she needs help. 
She needs help receiving it. She needs help distributing it. She needs help doing the things. You know what it takes? It takes every last one of us working together. When Nehemiah was on the wall and they tried to get him to come down and, and, uh, and uh, you know, like they do today, I get calls all the time, won't you come over and join us? We're in this pastoral association thing where all the pastors of the, of the communities and all the churches get together and it's a good thing, you know. I said, no. Why should I come down and quit my work? I was thinking about Nehemiah. Nehemiah said, you know, when they invited him to come down, you know, to bind Sam Ballot and all these, they invited him to get away. He said, why should I? Why should I quit the work of God? Folks, I'll tell you what, you've got a good thing here. This church is being blessed beyond measure. This church is a, is a church that is, that is, I believe, that is, is, is standing in the, in the limelight of God's blessing. And, and we're just waiting to see what else God's going to do. I'm waiting on the salvation of our children. I'm looking for it and I'm expecting it because I know this, that there are people in this house that are, that are ready to worship and God blesses that. He's going to fill the house with glory one of these days, folks. His presence is going to overwhelm this place one of these days and you're not going to be able to contain the blessings. You're not going to be able to contain the excitement. And it's not going to be long when somebody's going to scream out, Amen. Rejoice. Rejoice. It takes being a part to rejoice the way God wants you to. It takes being a part to come into the house of God with, a, with an expectation of, of receiving a blessing in order to get a blessing. In Hebrews in chapter 10, you know, I, I've talked about this many times before. And, I, and again, I say this church is blessed beyond measure. You look out, you see, you see a, a house full of people that have come to the house of God to work. But listen, don't take this for granted. You be careful. You guard yourself. You stay on guard. Listen, when it comes worship time, you come to the house of God and you, you bring your family and you get ready to worship. That means you come into the house of God with anticipation. I want to know what God's going to do today. I want to see what God's going to do in this place today. Hebrews in chapter 10, the Bible says we're to exhort one another. You can't exhort one another if you're not in the house of God to exhort. You can't exhort one another if you don't care to speak to one another. Be a part, that's what I'm trying to say. You know, and I'm, I'm talking to our younger generation. I want you to know something I, I'm relying upon this younger generation. I'm talking about the 20, 30-year-olds even now, 40-year-olds. Listen, you're going to be the next ones to take the helm. 
You're going to be the next ones that's going to be standing in the gap. You're going to be the next ones that's going to be taking care of the grounds. That's uh, going to be taking care of the buildings. That's going to be taking care of the dinners. That's going to be doing, seeing to it that things are took care of. You're going to be the next ones. Take part. Take your part today. Start looking after these older generation and see what they're doing and start start uh, analyzing what they're doing and take take on the role. Listen, churches are dying all over America today. Churches are dying because people do not take a part. Churches are dying because and I'm talking about spiritually as well, not just in numbers. But spiritually, people are dying because they're not taken apart. It's a sad place to be when you, when the preacher comes in and he introduces himself to one of his members. <laughs> I had a young man to tell me that one day he came to church. And the pastor introduced himself to him. He says, I know I've been a member here five years. People look at that and they, they kind of laugh at it, but I want you to know something, it's a sad place. That's a reason why a little church like this is so important, I think. And this is not really what you call a little church in our area. This is a, this is a good-sized church. And, but I want you to know something that in order to be a part, in order to take part, you got to do something. People got to know that you love them. People got to know that you care for them. People got to know that you're praying for them. People got to know that you're going to be there. You say, what in the world's bringing this message on? Just a concern for my church family. I want to make sure that everybody's got the right footing. If you're here today and you feel like you ain't got a part, listen, you come and see me. I'll give you a part. But you know this. It takes being a part to be a part. It takes uh, taking advantage of what your, what your situation is and what your abilities are in order to be a part of something. You've got to, you've got to use it. You've got to use it. Now secondly, I want you to think about this. Does your participation in church activities promote the well-being of her? You ladies have a ladies meeting, don't you? About once a month. Started that back up. I thank God for that. I think the men need to get that going again. We used to do it all the time. But do you participate? Do you come? Do you do things that, that, that uh, are beneficial to each other? When it comes to, uh, you know, we, we have uh, these young men that are stepping up right now, and I thank God for that, these young men that are stepping up and giving devotions, and I mean these teenagers and these college boys, and 
I want you to know I thank God for you. I thank God that you're taking on the role that, you, that you're going to be expected to take on at an early age because you're going to be the next generation. Whether you're going to be a deacon, a preacher, a pastor, whether you're going to be a Sunday school teacher, a song leader, whatever it may be. You're beginning to take that role and listen, that's, I thank God for you. I want you to know I'm praying for you. You young men that are, that are starting to step up, I want you to know that there, there's men in here that will, that will tutor you, that will guide you in the right way. But you've got to take care of the activities of the body. You've got to begin. Uh, you know, I come in, uh, what was it, last, this past Wednesday night. I've been looking at that clock for two weeks. I thought, daggone, I'm going to have to get that thing changed. I had one of these men to get up and reach up there and grab it. He could reach up there and grab it. Stephen, he could just reach right up there and grab a hold of him and pull it. I didn't, he didn't have to get a ladder, but he did, I think. I ain't for sure. You say, well, that ain't nothing. It is something. It is something. The mowing of these lawns out here, I mean, that's not an easy task. I remember, what was it, the first two or three years I was here, I would mow out here. That's not an easy task. I remember one man rolling over a hill. That wasn't easy either, was it, Brother Rick? Weed eating, changing the light bulbs, painting. All the activities of this church it takes everybody, not just the preacher and the deacons. It doesn't just take uh, 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 the, what's it called? Trustees. It takes all of us. Yeah, this is a different type of message, isn't it? But it's one I think we need. Because I want you to take part. I want you young generation back here, you 30s and 40s, I want you to take part. I want you college boys, I want you all to get ready to start taking a part. I want you to start exercising your God-given ability to enhance this body. Because out in the world, listen, churches are dying like crazy because nobody wants to take a part. What are you doing for the well-being of this body? How do you participate in the extra activities of the church? You know, in Acts chapter 2, verse 3 down through verse 20, you see where all the people, they, I mean, they, they, they had, a, they had a, a time of just getting together. They worshipped. They cared. Where are you at today? Younger generation, where are you at today? Do you take part in the activities of the church? Or do you, like this other person, I just don't feel like I'm a part? Let me ask you something. What did you contribute? Do you take an active role in all that we do? Do you, do you make yourself an active part? Do you make opportunities to add to the wealth 
and well-being of this body. Do you help in the vacation Bible school? Do you help in the Sunday school? How about the devotions for the men and the saved young men? Do you take part in that? Do you take part in church house and fellowship hall maintenance? How about the groundskeeping, the weed eating, the mowing, the church dinners, serving in the church dinners, cleaning afterwards, the Christmas shoe boxes? Do we, do we really take advantage of all the activities that were given to be a part? I guess what I'm asking you is are you barely getting by with the minimal offering of your time, your effort, your devotion? Your time to participate? Are you making yourself available to this body? And again, you know, oftentimes I see people that, that will come and they will, maybe they've been somewhere else and man, they worked like a towhead, but now all of a sudden they just don't want to do nothing. Folks, be careful. Don't lose what you got. You're in a precious place. You're in a house that's filled with people who love each other, who love to worship, who love the Word of God, who hear the Word of God, who understand the Word of God, who sing the songs of praise. And I really, I'll be honest with you, I don't feel like there's a put on here. I don't feel like it's all put on. I feel like this is a place where people really want to come to Receive a blessing and get a blessing. So I guess what I'm asking is, what about your participation rate? What about your participation rate? You know, uh, people often say, well, I, I just, uh, you know, I just don't know. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Listen. Just like that other person said to me at one night when they said, I just don't feel a part. I began to understand why they didn't feel a part. They didn't take part. And everything they'd done, they tried to just minimally get by. Just barely squeaking by. Folks, we're a body, ain't we? We're a body and it's just like this was in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. When we're called to worship, we come together in one accord. That means we meet together and we meet for the sake of worship. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say this, and listen, you don't get mad at me, but I'm telling you this right now. We have a 10 o'clock start time here. Amen? Amen. That's what time we are called together to worship is 10 o'clock. We need to come together in one accord. That's what that means, to come together in one accord. That means they come together together. We come together to worship. 
and participate together as a family of God. Now lastly, I want you to think about this. Does your demeanor and attitude promote a feeling of acceptance and brotherly love? You know, it takes somebody to show love to receive love. And vice versa. If you want to receive love, you've got to show love. In Hebrews 10, 25, the Bible says we're to exhort one another. The only way that we can exhort is to be actively involved in and with each other. You cannot exhort if you're always walking out of the buildings without speaking to others. We cannot begin to even fulfill the church covenant as we have been uh, uh, going over unless we communicate with each other. When we make all who enter into this house feel welcome and needed. When we make all feel valuable. The church's overall well-being is going to enhance. In Philemon chapter 1. There was a man who came there. And it was stated that listen. You need to receive him. You need to welcome Him. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, as he wrote this letter to Philemon, he states, If thou count me therefore a partner, receive Him as myself. So what does your attitude say about the way you feel about your church membership and your church family? Does it reveal a lack of care or concern for her well-being? Or does it show others that you really are a part and wish to promote this church in a good way? Does your participation rate show a desire to make a, our services, our dinners, our extra activities, our buildings, our grounds a showcase of what is possible when everybody works together and takes part in the activities of the church. Nehemiah in chapter 4. As I get ready to come to a close. There the Bible says the people had a mind to work. They didn't quit. They didn't give up on each other. There was times, like Brother Jim said this morning, when you look around in the world today in which we live, people, people just ready to throw up their hands. Listen, if you're saved by the grace of God, you're in the most perfect time that you could ever imagine. You're about to see what God's getting ready to do. You're just about to be the group that's going to be called home. And I believe without a shadow of a doubt that our generation... Now, I'm not making a prediction or nothing like that, but I'm just telling you what the signs of the times. It can't be long, folks. It can't be long. That's the reason why that I want this church in tune. That's the reason why that I want this church to be actively seeking the will of God in our worship, in our fellowship, 
in our times together. I want us to be working together. When He comes and calls us home, I want us to be on fire. Amen? I want us to be looking like we're looking today, but only enhanced. You know, I thank God for Emmanuel. And folks, I cannot say it enough. I thank God for Emmanuel. You're such a blessing to people around. You're such a blessing to people who are in need. You're such a blessing to other churches and other pastors. They, they all look at this body and they all talk about how wonderfully God has blessed her. Folks, I don't want to lose that. But I'll tell you this, I'd like to see it enhanced just a little bit more. I'd like to see this younger generation begin to take a hold of the helm. Because the old captain of the ship, his arms are getting weak. The old captain of the ship, his arms are, are beginning to grow frail. No, I'm not talking about the captain. I'm talking about your older generation. That's the reason why that this younger generation is going to have to start stand, taking the stand. Amen? Fill the gap, men. Lead your families. Lead these little children like Rose here. Teach them. You know what? I thank God for children that are comfortable enough to come up here with me. It makes me happy. But you know what? One day, this little girl right here, she may be playing the piano for us. She may be one of these Sunday school teachers. God tearing His coming. I look out over these young, these young boys. I think of Jensen and Lincoln and Lachlan and all these other little boys in here. They're going to be taking the, they're going to be taking the helm here for long. We've got to bring them up right and they've got to be taught right. Amen. You know where they're going to get the biggest part of that? It's at home. That's where they see everything. It's at home. How are you leading, Dad? Mom, do you really, do you really show your children that you love this body? With your participation. Your rate of participation. May God help us today to protect the well-being of this church. Yes, I believe this was a needed message. Not because you're not where you need to be. But because I know how the devil fights a church such as ours. Paul I know. And Jesus I know. But who are you? You are the people of the living God, folks. Rejoice. And listen, when we do something in this body, you take every advantage of it. You don't just come in and squeak by minimally. You do all you can to be a blessing. And God will bless you, and God will bless your family. Let's all stand, please.